Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KT Temple Real Estate Podcast. I'm here, KT Temple, your host and my co-host, Kent Temple. And we're going to be breaking down um, one of our new series that we're going to be doing uh, for everybody. And this is the four fundamental models of a real estate agent's business. We're going to start with uh, the MREA models. Well, good morning, Kent. Hey, man. In MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent Book. Yeah, we're going to do acronyms a whole bunch. So hopefully we're able to stop one another from just doing it constantly. So cool. We like, we like some letters on some oh, stuff. Yeah. And so we have to remember that, you know, not everybody might know what those letters. Of course, I was I was doing a, a thing with a with a group a couple of weeks ago, and I figured everybody in the room would know what FISBO was. But I actually they finally stopped me. Somebody raised their hand. I'm going, how long have you been in real estate? And and they actually said, I'm I'm in real estate school now. And I said, okay, you get a pass for not knowing what a what a FISBO is. Man, that one's good. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. That was that was a first for me too. Yeah. So uh, let's get so this is why, guys, you need to get if you're going to do a podcast, get a co-host that's smarter than you. So you don't have to do all the research all the time. So here's the cool part where I just get to ask questions. <laughs> so when he says when he says smarter, he means more experienced is what he's going with. <laughs> so. All right. So let's get started with just explaining what these models are. Ken, I'll let you take it away. So what are the four models? Um yeah. Yeah, so these are the four models. The, the book's called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And it came up with four models to run your business by. And so the first model is going to be your economic model. And the economic model is really simple. It's just what numbers do you need to hit to make your financial goals? And it just breaks it down, the economics of it. And a lot of people think that's an entire business plan right there. Oh, oh there we go. There's there's my goal. That's the numbers I have to hit. But, but you've got to go deeper than that. So the second model that we, and we're just going to do the first model, but the second model is your lead generation model. So once you know the numbers you have to hit all the way down to the number of appointments you need, how are you going to lead generate to get those? Where's your business going to come from? Who are you going to target to make sure that you have enough appointments to make that goal? And then once you have that, the third model is the budget model. Because as, as realtors, and boy, we will talk about this at some point, you know, as realtors, um, we love shiny objects and we love magic pills. And shiny objects don't sell houses and there's no such thing as magic pills. So we got to be sure that we follow the budget so that we just don't spend all our money. So we have something left at the end. And then finally, the last one is organizational model. And, and this simply says, if I have the right tools and the right systems set up, do I have enough people in my life to make my goal. So that's, that's how it breaks down KT. And, and they all, they all build off the economic model that we're going to talk about today. Cause that's where you get the numbers for the other three models. Yeah. And um, we're going to dive deep into every single one of those. So if you hear one now and you're like organizational model, it's just me. Well, that changes pretty quickly. And, and if it is just you, you still need to know what all the parts are. Cause until you hire your ISA, your inside sales associate, then you are the inside sales associate. So you might find the gaps in your own model by looking at where you would expand into the future. I, I can give an example for the Temple team right now. We're working on our marketing right now and finding all the gaps in our marketing because we don't have a marketing person. So right now we are all the marketing person until that changes. So we'll dive deeper into every single one of those um, and, and give you guys a full 30 minutes. We're going to start with the economic model and figure out where uh, where to start there. So 
it's it's a I think when people first hear the economic model, they don't really even know what what that means, economic. So would you explain what the economic model is again? Yeah, well, KT, here's here's what I've learned about realtors as a whole. Realtors as a whole are not good business people. Now, it's it's easy to explain why. Um, there, there's two reasons. They are most realtors do not have an MBA. Yeah, you know, they don't have the business training, and most realtors have never run a business till they got into real estate. And so, therefore, as a whole, we just we kind of go into it blind, and, and no one teaches you, you know, how to run a business. And so. That's that's the the start of the problem why the failure rate can be so high is they just don't know what they're doing and what to go in. So the economic model is pretty simple. This is I want to make this much money. Here's here's the number of profit that I want to have. And then you just look at the key factors of running a business. And it's just we look at the factors just like Target would. You know, a lot of things Target looks at, we we look at the same things just on a much smaller scale. But you just look at those numbers and go, great. Uh, these are the things I have to do to make that amount of money. And this works for any business, right? I mean, you could you could sub out the word real estate here and put it. I, I just found out our dentist that we've been going to for years sold her business. And she didn't plan on running a business when she was in dental school. She was just going to be a dentist. But you could sub out the word real estate and plug in any business for the same thing, you're still going to have to track those numbers of what you're going to accomplish. So when we're looking, well, and Katie, I'm glad you said. I'm glad you said she just sold her business. Yeah, and and the the number one thing that she sold was her database. Her book. Of the business. number one thing she sold was was that client list that she has now. In the in the dental business, she also had some equipment and everything, and then she had people that could go with the business. So in real estate, we don't have the equipment part, but you've got a database that you can settle. And the bigger you build it and the more people that could go with it, the more valuable, the bigger the database, the more people that would help you run that database, the more valuable of an asset that you would have to sell at some point down the road. Yeah. And so you said when you're looking at your economic model, you're really just looking at the numbers you have to hit. And what is the name of that sheet that we uh, use? Because we use a sheet to track all that. You mean your economic model sheet? Economic, is that, is that what it's <laughs> yes, called? That's, that's I just it. have yeah, we, sheet downloaded. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. It's, it, it's just the model. But Katie, I want to back up one step. To, okay. Here's where we mess up. Like I say, most people that get into real estate, most of them are coming out of a job. You know, you've got, they, they've, been, they've been teachers. Whatever it is, they're out in the world working before they got into real estate. There's very few people like you who kind of, you know, went straight from almost high school into real estate. And so I think you have to start with the first number you probably need to know is how much money does it cost you to run your lifestyle? You know, how much money do you need personally to even bring in? And I don't think a lot of people even look at that. They just jump in. It's called um, there's another book called Shift. And it's uh, they call it implied income. And so people look at real estate and they all think we're making a million dollars and we don't have any expenses and, and it's just so easy. So they just jump in and think, well, I'm just going to make a bunch of money. I'm going to have so much. I'll have enough to live my life and, and then plus a, a lot more. And they don't know what that number is. So I think that's always a good place to start is, OK, how much money do I need to run my lifestyle and po- possibly pay down my debt, you know, so that I so that I don't have to sell real estate? 
for my entire life. And that's, to me, the, the first step is to come up with a number so you can have a net income goal. And, and Casey, net income is just a, a fancy term for profit. You know, what is the profit that I want to make? And so that, to me, that's that's the key is, is starting with that number. And then once you have that, you start going through some other little things on how to get that number. And, and take it from somebody who did go from high school straight into this. Uh, and who did not have an accountant in the very beginning, go get an accountant day one. Go have somebody there to tell you how many taxes are going to come out of that paycheck as well. I mean, I just it caught me by surprise my first year. And I just I wish I had done it instead of waiting till, you know, I waited until at least the end of my first year to find out, oh, that's how much taxes come out of each commission check. Yeah, and that's that's because you didn't listen to your dad who told you. But as soon as as soon as your CPA told you what you should have done, you went, "Oh wow!" Huh. But yeah, Casey, a good rule of thumb it, when you get into this, and especially if you've never been a commissioned salesperson before, if you've always had somebody take your taxes out for you, a good rule of thumb is to take thirty percent out of every commission check you get and put into your tax account for the end of the year, just to be safe. And that's that's kind of the general rule. But KT, there's there's other numbers to look at. And, and for, for example, um, as a realtor, you need to start thinking about your conversion rates. So if you just break it, OK, I got to go on so many appointments. But when you go on a listing appointment, how often do you get the listing? That matters. You know, I, when, when I talk about, like I said, you know, targets of business, you know, for Target, that they would look at uh, how many people walk in their door and actually buy something. So Target's conversion rate is probably really high. Most people that walk into Target are going to buy something. What's your conversion rate as a realtor when people walk into your door, which is when you have an appointment with a buyer or a seller? And you need to know that, right? And it's going to vary drastically. And I'll give you the example, KT. Um, so let's just say, let's say that, that my conversion rate from, from having an appointment to actually getting a client out of it is 90%. And KT, your conversion rate is 10%. Does that automatically mean I'm a better realtor than you? No. It, it, exactly. Because here's the deal. Um, I could have had 10 appointments this whole year because they were all my friends and I got nine of them. So mine was 90%. That doesn't make me a rock star. You, on the other hand, could be lead generating and you could be meeting with tons of people that you've never met before, don't know, really hard appointments. But you had a thousand of them and you got 10% of them and you got a hundred clients to my 10. So it's not having a, having this great conversion rate is not the be all end all. And it's going to be determined a lot where your business comes from. People like me have a high conversion rate because most of my business comes from what I call my sphere of influence. That's people who already know me, like me, trust me. So my conversion rate would be higher. If you've got somebody out there and you talk about an ISA, like which is, uh, let's use a, a more common term, like a telemarketer is, is what it used to be called in the book. Even if you have that person in your life, yours is going to be much lower than mine. Because you're going on appointments that people don't know you, but you know you need to, to know that number. And then you know the next conversion rate you need to know is okay. I got a client. How often when I get a client do I actually sell them something? And all the people not in real estate and all the new people in real estate think, well, it's all of them. And KT, it's just not. Um, you know, we look now. So over the last two and a half years, yes, every single listing that we have taken, we have sold. But that was a that was a very unusual market with no inventory. It's just been crazy. If you go back to 2010, as we were coming out of the last downturn, and it says I know all my numbers, Katie, I sold 48% of the listings I took in 2010. 
because that was the market we were in. The, the thing is, though, since I knew my number, that meant I just had to take twice as many listings to get there. So, again, it's it's knowing little conversions right by that. I wish all buyers that you worked with bought something. KT, I think you learned a lesson last week. I think you learned that not all buyers actually buy something. So what happened to you last week and then after you spent some time? I, it's just what happens. I, I took a, a, a couple who was going to be a first-time home buyer. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I didn't do it. I, it was a referral. So, you know, you go through the process. I didn't go through the process. We, they didn't know enough. We we were in negotiations before it really kind of hit them how much money it was going to cost them, and I and I should have done more work at the front end. And that's just what happens. I want to make a point real quick to your points, Dad. Um, you have got to find a software that you like. I don't care what software it is. Find a software you like to track these conversions. You are not going to keep track of these conversions in your head. You have got to find something because you'll you'll realize as you stay in real estate longer, not everything you do is an appointment, but a lot of them are. And you have got to figure out, all right, which source of leads is actually converting for me. So find a software and then organize your software. So have your different uh, different things set up. If you're going to your nail salon, and you think you're getting a bunch of leads from your nail salon, have a tag in your database that says nail salon. So you, I mean, if you can just get your nails done every single day and and convert that into business, awesome. Track it so you know that. The more clear you are on where these where these uh, uh, lead sources are coming from, the better idea you are going to have of what act is actually working. Yeah, and Katie, your your nails look really good, by the way. I've been meaning to tell you that. Um, and and. And guys, you know, KT's talking about software and all this stuff, or you can be old school like me and just use Excel spreadsheets and just mark them down. Cause that, I mean, it, whatever it doesn't works, matter. Whatever it, works. It, it, it doesn't matter how you track it. It's just the fact, you know, that you track it. So KT, after you got those conversion rates, you got to start looking at, at where your business comes from. Are you working more buyers, more sellers? The, the ultimate goal of a real estate business would really be if you build it big enough, it would be 50, 50. You, you'd have, one buyer for every one seller. And here's why. People that work on the listing side control the market, they're on the front of the market, but most importantly, they control their time. When you're listing properties, you're in real control of your time versus as as you know, when you're working buyers, a lot of times they're they're controlling your time. So that's why you want that 50-50 business because you're out there getting the listings and every listing, if it's marketed properly on average, you should get one buyer. The fact of the matter is most new agents that have been in business very long, they're going to work a lot of buyers because early in your career, that's the low hanging fruit. So most of the time you start with buyers and build it up. But if you, you know, if you listen to what we're going to talk about in the next several weeks about lead generation, um, all those people that you sell early on that are buyers, someday become sellers. And if you stay in touch and do the right things, then you should get the listing. So over time, you're going to get your business, but you need to know where your business comes from. What is it? And KT, it's been, it's been weird. Um, whenever I'm out talking to people that know their conversion rates, pretty much the best that you hear is about 50-50. And then everybody else, if they're not 50% listings, 50% buyers, 
typically they would be more buyers than sellers. That's just how it was. The vast majority of people. Well, now over the last two years, I'm meeting people that are 60, 65, and as much as 75% listings. And here's why. Because for the last couple of years, most places in the country, we sold our listings in 15 minutes. We didn't get to market them. So these great listing agents, they've actually lost buyer business just by not having marketing time. And that's what I've told them. I said, now you got to go back and focus because we're going to have longer days on market and you're going to have more time to, to get potential buyers. So you should see that, that go back toward that 50-50. You don't ever want it to swing too far one way because if you do, you're just missing business if you're not 50-50. Yeah, I've talked to agents who have, for the past three years, not done an open house. Because they never had to. They never had time to do it. You know, they started during COVID. And so, you know, during COVID, we were scared to do open houses. And then when we were able to, houses were selling too fast to get things off. So it's it's funny how in these shifts, we all have to learn new skills or relearn new skills. So, Katie, I was talking to um, some of your buddies because you swore down. I was talking to my, to my guys down in Wilmington. And yeah. what they did, they took all the realtors in Wilmington. And then they only counted the ones that had sold at least one house in the previous 12 months. So if you hadn't sold anything, we're not worried about you because you're not in business anyway. But if you had sold one house, they put you in this pool. They looked at it. 82% of, of the realtors in Wilmington that had sold at least one house have gotten their license since 2019. So what that tells me is 82% of them don't have a 30-day, 90-day, 180-day marketing plan. A lot of them probably, KT, don't even have a listing presentation because the only thing you've ever done is somebody said, hey, come list my house. So no, you have a license. And they're not prepared. And so if you don't have those things, man, you better figure out how to get them now because the market has changed. So that, that is, And there is a ton of new people in this business who just need to get educated on what to do. So what other numbers do we need to be looking at when we're looking at our economic model? Yeah, KT, if, if you have, if you know your conversion rates and, and you know what percentage is buyers and sellers, the, the other one's pretty easy. What's your average commission check? Yeah, just how much is that average commission check? And right now across the country, the average commission check's about $10,000. I mean, I've looked at it, knowing what the average sales price now, uh, yours could be lower, it could be higher, whatever it is, but just knowing that number. KT, once you kind of have that, then you can just plug it in, plug it into a formula. A realtor is going to have a net profit of about 40 to 60%, depending on how many people they have in their life. Now, if you build it really big, you might find yours is way less than 40, but you built it really big. So that's, KT, that's the key numbers. Know those. Here's the thing. Yeah, I, I, I do this. Um, when I talk to realtors, the magic number is $100,000. You know, anybody that gets in the business, I want to make $100,000. I can show you, if you have an average commission check of $10,000, I can show you, if you have one appointment a week, you get a gross commission income of almost $300,000. Yeah. And if you're making, and if you're making 40% of, of that, yeah, that you're, you're, you know, you're well over that, you're well over that $100,000. On one appointment a week, not one sell a week. Yeah. One appointment a week. It actually comes. It comes out if you just use kind of. If you just said, okay, if I had one appointment a week, that's let's just say fifty, and and I got seventy five percent of the time they became my client, and then seventy percent of the time I sold them something. You sell twenty eight houses. 
You sold 28 houses at a, at a, a um, $10,000 commission, you made $280,000. It's funny how that $100,000 doesn't change even with inflation. Every number in the world has changed, but that $100,000 still hasn't. When I, when, I started, when I started working this economic model with people in 2009, $100,000 was the magic number, and it still is today. It, even with inflation, that number has not changed. It's, it's crazy. That, that just that's that's just what keeps you know flowing out there. Even though one hundred thousand dollars less is is hundred thousand dollars a lot less now than it was in in two thousand nine. But man, so what, that's, other, what other numbers do we need to be looking at? Dude, that's it. That's it. That for, for I think that's model, cool that's really it. How simple that is, but it really takes the legwork of of this is a daily practice. This isn't something that you should look at once a month. And I think that's the trap a lot of, or we're not looking at it at all. I think that's the easy trap for this system is not treating your real estate business like a business, treating it like a job that you just need to show up and clock in for. This should be probably on your schedule for at least once a week. Would you agree of just saying, all right, let's look at the conversion rates. I always use the example of, um, you know, to give, to give some perspective on this, I'll ask a new agent, have you hired your board of directors yet? And they'll go, what? No. And I go, exactly. So pretend like you had, if you had a board of directors, which numbers would you have to present to them? And that's the numbers that you need to sit down and have your own, you know, state of state of your business with yourself and saying, all right, here are my numbers. Here's what I need to be looking at. Here's the conversions that are working. Here's the conversions that are not. If you do not do this, you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money on things that don't work. Well, you know, KT, it's it's a the vast majority of realtors. If you said, "Hey, I, I want to do," don't you just exercise every day for the next month? When you wake up in the morning, the first thing when you open your eyes, the first thought in your head, I want you, I want it to be this. Based on my performance yesterday, should I fire myself? And and many realtors will say, yeah, there's many days that based on what I did, I probably should fire myself. Here's the thing about realtors. We always immediately hire ourselves right back. And this is because we're not running the business. And KT, that's why the failure rate is so high in this business. And that's that's why I do the things I do when I go out and I talk. That's why you and I are doing this podcast is because we don't want people to just be a statistic. We don't want you to be one of the 84 percent of the people that fell out of this business within the first 48 months. We want you to do the things that you're in this long term. We'll always need realtors, but we don't need 1.6 million of them like we have now. So how can we help you be one of the ones that make it? Any final thoughts? No, I just, um, Casey, what I would love to do is um, on our Facebook page, could we post this economic model with the explanation of kind of how to do it so that they, uh, so that they know? Yeah, guys. So we're going to post on the Facebook page uh, a download for this. It'll be in the file section and I'll pin it to the top uh, for the week that this podcast comes out. That way you guys can download it um, uh, if you haven't had it already. So uh, great. Make sure you follow the Facebook page, KT Temple Real Estate Podcast on um, on Facebook. Go follow the Instagram uh, and you can also like and subscribe to this podcast. Leaving a review really helps us out a lot, guys. Uh, so cool. Thanks again. And like I said, this will be the first of a four-part series. We're going to knock out all the models um, for you. It won't be all at once. I wish we could do that. 
This will probably go into January if I had to guess. We'll probably have some guest interviews in between. So just prepare for that. It might not be, um, you know, every week, but we'll we'll make sure that they get out soon. So thanks, Ken. Hi, man. Cool. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.